Dave Fanning on 2FM. And welcome to the programme, everybody. Dave Fanning here until three o'clock with a special couple of programmes between today and tomorrow because this weekend it's not about Irish music but Irish musicians picking their favourite music or to be more precise, an album that means a heck of a lot to them. So, 12 Irish musicians between today and tomorrow. Loa, Jack L, Steve Wickham, Alva Reddy, James Vincent McMorrow, Neve Regan, uh, Craig Walker from Parrot Dreams, Neve Farrell from Ham Sandwich, Dahi, Brezzy, Roshino. And let's start with uh, Faye O'Rourke from Soda Blonde and she picked this album There it is, Sexy Boy is the name of the song. Air is the band, of course. Moon Safari from 1998. Faye, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Now, Faye, (laughs) is this an album that for you is so fantastic that it's an influence on you or it's just one that you love and remember so well? It ticks every kind of box, I think. Like, I remember the first time hearing it, I was probably... The first time I heard a song off it, I was 10, I think. Right. And it was Sexy Boy. And it was on that great chick flick... Um, 10 Things I Hate About You Oh it was in that was it yeah yeah, yeah right yeah okay <laughs> But I just remember as a 10 year old kind of being totally absorbed by just the dimensions of that song you know yeah. how much how it sounds and then I also came to that album because you the other day when we met yeah. were talking about one of the first songs I ever wrote ever and that was The Kitchen Floor The Kitchen Floor what a great song now, that, now hold on that's some Little Green Cars <laughs> from the first album yeah. right okay so that was really inspired by Talisman because it has, you know, that Rhodes whirly sound. Yeah. And the, the expanse of it, while it's it's still an organic, it's still an instrument, you know, and it kind of creates so much soundscape. So that was a big thing, experimenting with those kind of sounds, recording those sounds as a teenager, you know. Okay, so that's two tracks you mentioned. So is that enough? And then you, you go the whole way and say this album just means an awful lot to you. Is that it? It's just, you know, it's kind of like future 70s. It's nostalgic and it's still it's yeah. still kind of relevant, you know. You can put it on and it's still a lot of things kind of sound dated, but it's it's something that reminds me of the future and the past. And, and it's very dreamy, isn't it? It's very lush it's, and the way they do things. I mean, like I to me it's the way the first two tracks have just this bass going through. It's, it's bass, a, it's bass and, cool and Wurlitzer and Rhodes. It's yeah. that kind of thing that drives it and it kind of makes you feel European. <laughs> yeah. You know, you very, can feel absolutely 100%. You know, you feel like you're kind of a cool person if you're you have an ownership of it it makes yeah. you feel like you can say what you like about Daft Punk or whatever else, <laughs> yeah. but this crowd are French. Yeah, and sure. French is cool and it sophisticated cool, yeah. and everything else, you know. But so, also, it's very kind of lush and very luxuriant and very it's very simple. Isn't it's it? simple and down tempo, but it's it's expansive, as I was saying. You know, it's it's just really one in a million, I think. Okay, now the, the by the way, did you go to any other rare stuff? Did you ever listen to their next albums? Well, I was a huge fan of the Virgin Suicides, so that was right. the other well, thing that brought the, me back to them. And that so was they, around the time they were making that music with the EPs and stuff. Exactly, yeah. 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 So that was another thing, like that film and all of a big theme for me in writing is kind of yeah. domestic scenes, and their music is. Um, 
it's kind of like the chords of everyday life. I heard that quote somewhere from somebody and, and that movie and the marriage of that film and those visuals and those colours with, with air, you know, is incredible. Yeah, because see, I think their subsequent albums have at least four or five tracks on them that are all great. Like, I mm-hmm. think they've had a great career is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not yeah. just this first album. And yet, this is, the, this is the album people talk about all the time. For sure. <laughs> but like, but they do deserve, I think, a bit more than they've ever got. Now, one thing that I'd say, which is, you know, is, he, is he serious? Is this? I think what's important of would have been to me, I wish their album covers were more were more, yeah, I just missed the rap covers were more. I don't know what I'm looking well, for. Well, you wouldn't get the impression off Moon Safari anyway that the sounds came from that visual, really. You no, know it's like I mean? something out of the Bunty or something. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it is. I think that that there's a, such an importance on on a kind of a cinematic cover, you know, or something that's representative of the sound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and also like, but do you not think in some ways? And here's a criticism okay. that uh, <laughs> first half hour is great. It goes very well. And do you not think it kind of meanders after that? It, like some of those tracks, I mean, you've picked Talisman. On Moon Yeah. Well, I think Sailor Matin, like towards the end. Right, that's okay. one of the last that's, ones. That's right, if yeah. If you put that on with a hangover, you no longer have a hangover anymore. In one way, this is all <laughs> Sunday morning music. It's all a bit come down music, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think it's kind of anytime music. Well, yeah, it, it reminds yeah. me, because my dad was a tube driver uh, in the 70s. And I just think of him. He drove tubes? Yeah. In London? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, did Dublin ever? And that 70s, there's something 70s about the record, you know, for me, like a futuristic 70s. Uh, yeah. It kind of reminds me of that, like, walking down, you know, lo- you know, being in London, being on the tube in the 70s. <laughs> Your dad drove a tube? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah when he well, was in his Can 20s. I ask a question about that? I've often wondered, is there a lot of driving in that? <laughs> I know, but there is emergency kind of stuff. Cause people yeah, do, absolutely. People, not to get grim on it, but people do, oh, do listen, jump. You know? Absolutely, no question so, about it. He was I 22, remember. I think, when he drove the tube. 22, really? 23. Wow. Yeah. Okay, sorry, you put me... Oh, wait a minute. Okay, let's <laughs> go. So it's any kind of music and any kind of... Yeah, I mean, absolutely, the same Matan track and, and the voice and Penelope and all that yeah. they are what they are it's mm. just that there's it's so inventive for the first half hour that for those people who would say that this could be up there as one of the five greatest albums of the 90s mm. I would not disagree with that well I think yeah because it's pop it's a pop record but also it's kind of a soundtrack record as well yeah. like they have the ability to not just write pop songs they're kind of going with they're understanding that a riff might not necessarily develop into this massive pop song it might just be that yeah. and why can't we celebrate that simplicity and not try and flesh it out and make it three and a half minutes and stick it on the radio, you know. Yeah, which good is something point. that I think yeah. is, is important. And very cool as well and very chill out and all the other things. So I'll tell you what, I'm gonna play one now and this time um they've got a guest vocalist on. Tell me about her. Beth Hirsch, I mean, like I don't know a tremendous amount about her, only that she kinda of sounds like a futuristic Karen Carpenter to me, right. you know, and the Carpenters. Yeah, Karen Carpenter kind of is perfect. my yeah. yeah, Karen Carpenter is my all time favourite, you know, vocalist of all time. So I was always really drawn to to Beth Hirsch and, and things like that. I think she was a student and kind of stumbled upon them in parties and things like that. They were just hanging out and Paris and you know yeah she's from America has a few solo albums but this is their most famous work Mm, exactly yeah yeah. and she does a couple of tracks in this and they're both fantastic both fantastic so let's take one of them now we're talking Moon Safari we're talking the album Air and Faye is here talking about it and um, let's take this track All I Need is what it's called. Um, that's from Moon Safari. That's from 1998. That's from Air. French band, as it says in the cover. I think yeah. people, but did it say French duo or French band? 
band, I think. Yeah, but they yeah. are due. Well, yeah. like you know, because Beth Hurt is in there as well. I suppose. Yeah, she kind of yeah. Really she's guest vocals on a couple of tracks. Mm-hmm. And so, like as I say, so okay. So the ones that you seem to like, though, I get the impression is the later part of the album because maybe you think that some people have let it go. Have they? Like, no, I don't consider anybody else in my in choosing that. And it is funny, like when somebody asks you to come in and pick an album, it's really hard. <laughs> because you're thinking because you know in terms of genre I like so many different genres of music but I think for me the sonics of the album have really been a huge part of my journey as an artist and what I use and what tools I use in in writing and, and what we use in arranging you know and that was as I said, you sparked that in me when you mentioned the kitchen floor because that Rhodes is such a huge sound and it's it's just close to my, my heart. Yeah, right. No, I get you. I mean, like, did you ever listen to Propellerheads or Zero Seven or Thievery Corporation, all those bands that not so much came in the wake of Air, but... I wish I could say I did. Right, because Air <laughs> opened the door to a lot of those kind of yeah, bands, yeah. you know, so that's the kind of influency kind of thing. But anyway, like, as I say, they've released some great albums in this century as well. They really have, no question. So let's just take a look then. Um, I'm going to play one last track. Which one did you say? Tell us, man. Was it? Tell us, man. We'll play it. Looking back on the albums picked throughout 2022, 12 Irish musicians each picking an album that they love. Now, we just heard Faye O'Rourke from Soda Blonde, who picked Moon Safari from Air, and now it's the turn of lead singer, songwriter and guitarist with the Blizzards. That's Brezzy. His choice? Turn the ugly light off, God. Wanna feel the night. Every day it shines down on me. And there you go, Flower is the name of the song and that's from Beautiful Freak 96, Eels, the debut album and you love it, I presume, Brezzy, so why do you love the album? Yeah, it's, it's just a complete record from start to finish. You know, I think sometimes nowadays when you listen to albums they're, they just seem like loads of singles kind of kind of glued together rather than a complete body of work and that is a complete body of work from the minute Novocaine for the Soul to the last note on that album you, you just play it on loop but it's that album I think for some reason at the time when it came out I wasn't probably in a great place myself as a teenager I've spoken about it so many times and yeah. I think it was probably saying things that society wasn't saying and he was saying it in a way that was translating especially for teenagers at the time but then I actually as I grew older it became more important to me and the context of his life became more important. So I think that record is for any songwriter or artist looking to put a body of work together and why albums are so important. Beautiful Freak is just a prime example. And he was honest about his life. It was not good. I mean, around the time his sister committed suicide and then the next album was about that as well. And he's like, this is a a downer. He's not in a good place on anything on this album. And yet, can I say, there is something slightly even empathetic in almost every track. And that's one of the reasons why you might be able to latch onto it. It's just that every now and again, that there's that one lyric that just shifts everything. It's the sound of it as well. It's the sound of the instruments he picked, the instrumentation. It was the production. And it was the paradox of this absolute torture he was in, uh, undoubtedly in, with the sound of the music. They just didn't, you couldn't put them together, but they work beautifully because he is just, like I do say this, like he's he's like nobody else in the music industry. He, He writes like nobody else. He produces like nobody else. But that record... We put it on every single gig we go to. Our, ma- our manager at the time, uh, Justin Moffat, was obsessed with that record, and we never really knew why. 
but as we got older and I think a bit more open yeah. it started to make more sense to us yeah because like I mean like as you say the sonic bits of it and the emotional kind of textures of it all it was very different than I think else at the time as you say post-punk and all the rest of it and that but I mean like, as I say like you mentioned one song there which I don't think is one that you picked necessarily but uh, which is uh, no do you, do you know the one Lucky Day in Hell for instance? yes yeah. okay yeah. you know yeah. it's a great start Mama gripped onto the milkman's hand <laughs> and then she finally gave birth yeah uh, okay so <laughs> like, but, and like even the one you mentioned which is uh, was an overcame so li- life is hard and so am I you better give me something so I don't die He's very straightforwardly open about the whole thing. He is, but he's also irreverent as well. He brings irreverence to his lyrics, and they're subtle. I mean, that song, that lyric, you know, you know, life is white, uh, black. I am white. Or no, life is white. I am black. Jesus and his lawyer are coming back. I just think he was so clever with that because when it got too intense lyrically, and you're like, God, this is. He always twisted it around just at the right time, where you're like, okay, I can listen to this, and and some some of the tracks on it that I even didn't pick. You know, like Susan's house. It's just yeah. it is, it is a grim lyric in wrapped up in this beautiful piece of music that actually makes it accessible for you. It's like I always say with comedy: why comedy is so good talking about social issues because it makes it easier to listen, to understand, to relate to when it's when it's kind of delivered in a different way. And like Susan's house is is a real kind of commentary on yeah. the state of kind of social the, the social systems and it's in, a fantastic in it's a fantastic song and a lot of kind of talky bits kind of in it I mean the way he does it but um, the cover of the album is amazing mm. and that's meant to remind him I think of this Susan person from the past the big eyes yeah yeah that, I had a poster of that one up and, and really? I remember I was in college at the time and, and my partner at the time maybe take it down she didn't like it yeah, that much it's it was a bit, a bit freaky. freaky yeah it is yeah, yeah. it is yeah. 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 when you yeah. wake up at 3 in the morning to go to the toilet and you see yeah. these eyes you see looking these at huge you huge big eyes looking for a tiny yeah. little kid on a big white covered album yeah exactly but anyway just in terms of the depression and the loneliness and all the rest of it he does have a way of making these things seem not bad but there's one song you picked which is not ready yet and it's blunt I want to stay in my room be in my own head because self doubt not ready to face the world and that's it isn't it well, the thing with me is the guilt. It's the guilt he's feeling where that person who's probably trying to help him is saying, you know, come on, maybe get out and everything will be fine. And I know Bruce Springsteen writes about this a lot. He, You know, when he goes through these moments of depression, he just goes on his bike and, he, and someone said, that's a really selfish thing to do. And he goes, it's not, it's selfless. I don't want anyone else to feel what I'm feeling. And I think that's what he's doing here. He's like, listen, I know you're trying to help me, but right now I can't face the world and I'm not ready to. And it's very, very beautiful but it's so so sensitive and fragile and every element of it and you can really feel the kind of sense of just complete apathy that he was in yeah, yeah. but the, the song itself like the, the riff the guitar riff at the start is just banging like it's a grunge riff it's really heavy and oh, then, well then let's take a listen to it deeply personal lyrics and very heartbreaking very poignant this is from Beautiful Freak it's from Eels and uh, the track is called Not Ready Yet I don't need you telling me I don't need you telling me how I don't need you telling me how I don't need you telling me how Not Ready Yet is what it's called. We're talking to Brezzy here about his favourite album or certainly an album he loves and has meant an awful lot to him. Nearly 25 years mm. old. In fact, it is 25 years old. Oh, no. 26 nearly. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry about it's that. Just, uh, before we play the last song, just let's take a look at what you're up to these days. What are you? What have I got in my hand here on my right-hand side? It's called The Sleep Scan. I'm I writing kids' books, you know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. never set out you're to certain, do it. I, certain, I, yeah. I wrote my first kids' book in the delayed train from Dublin to Cork. You know, it wasn't on the agenda for me. And then 
I just had a, my little nephew Billy and having these conversations with them and seeing how he's looking at the world and how the world's looking at him and how he deals with it and I kind of saw so much of myself in him and my own little worries and fears and things that I carried as a child so I kind of just wanted to write a book originally for him and use kind of mindfulness techniques that I'd been using my own, myself and you know with the people I work with and stuff like that and that's where this book came from the sleep scan and it's kind of to help kids rest and sleep and switch off and you know it's 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 become quite difficult for kids to do that in the modern world. And it's brilliantly illustrated also by Sheena Dempsey. Yeah, she, she, she's a genius. She's one of those people you just write it. You don't need to look at what she does. She, you, There's no... We never had to go back to her to change anything. She is... She's on three books at me now. And, like, I was thrown out of our class when I was, you know, six years of age. I was never going to be able to do it. So having someone like her do it was just an absolute gift. Do you know, the magic kind of thing, like uh, the moment is, like, is one of the things you would have in your story about just what happens. And that's what you call that, don't you? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, it, to me, I always say the people who are, were so busy chasing life that we're missing living one. And kids' default setting is to be present, is to be yeah. mindful. And we've, we've kind of created a world where they're, where they're not like that anymore. They're, they're worrying a lot. And that's not the world they need to grow up in. They need to grow up in a world where they're present and they're connected and that's is that kind of a, a shorthand for mindfulness, if you like, you know, the basic human ability to be fully present, aware of where we are and what we're doing and, you know, not overly reactive or overwhelmed by things. You know, the, the goal of mindfulness, I presume, is just to wake up to the right nowness, is it? Well, for me with kids, the reason I'm doing mindfulness is not mindfulness, it's to give them the language of emotion, it's to actually be able to describe how they're feeling, where they're feeling it, how they navigate it. And, and what that does, it gives us a, a, an ability to validate how they're feeling and not dismiss it. When I was growing up, I was told not to be anxious, yeah, not to be scared, say, you know. There's none of that for you. Or no, you and we need, we, need to, we need to meet kids where they're at. And I think that's, that's what, for me, that's the power of mindfulness. But for adults, mindfulness is, the reason it feels so foreign and difficult to us is because the modern world's kind of conditioned our mind to be anything but present. You know, it doesn't want us there and... I just think it's a very powerful thing to learn to kind of see the people who are in front of you and yeah. be with them and not in 20 other places. You know, I think that's really, really important in this in this world of ours. And is there an element of like that, you know, whatever somebody else might have in one of your books, like one kid against another, that just be, just be aware of what you have yourself and what you have is pretty good? Yeah, well, this is the big one. Most of our energy goes into the stuff we don't have. You go, on, yeah. you go online and you have some guy telling you how to be richer or better or something. Yeah. And, and sometimes yeah, he can get lost yeah. in that, you know. And, yeah. and I, I think about kids, like they... I think striving and pushing and being ambitious is great but if that's all you are if that's I did that for years and I was miserable if that's all you are uh, and there's nothing left just to be and just to sit in your hole and do nothing and not feel guilty about it from time to time with the people you love then you know what's the point and I think that's what I learned the hard way unfortunately Okay yeah. well listen let's take a last song here from the album you picked which is Beautiful Freak which is Eels from 96 Direction and they are playing by the way a couple of gigs at the end of March in Belfast and in Dublin as well it's the Three Olympia in Dublin I know that last day of March um, the last track you picked is the one you mentioned earlier on I think we haven't played it yet have we no but it came for the soul no, no the opening yet. track it's yeah. an absolute belter I mean it's a great pop track as well yeah. you know what I mean but it, this, the sound of this the drums it's, it's almost like a hip hop track yeah at times but it's just the lyric everything about it yeah and he introduces who he is in the very beginning life is hard and so am I yeah Mm. you better give me something so I don't die yeah yeah right well you couldn't really open an album we know where his head is at so that's where his head is at alright Brezzy good mind yourself thanks a million here's Eels pleasure
12 favourite albums from Irish musicians over this weekend from Brezzy with Eels to Neve Regan from Galway she released her debut album Hemet during lockdown and for her album she picked this There you go. It is called Big in Japan and you couldn't mistake that voice, could you? You really no, can't. There's nobody else. There is nobody else. I know, there is no one else. But the only thing is about Tom Waits is yeah. he's, I don't know how much work he's produced over the years since the 70s and he's gone all areas of genres and genre bending but you can't, he's, you could never mistake him. That voice is dead consistent. No, in fact, it's funny, no the, the album you picked, he's got about 17 albums and you picked yeah. number 12 or 13 kind yeah. of way past the halfway mark. In fact, the funny thing is he hasn't released an album over 12 years now or so yeah it's been a while it's been a while this one came out in 1999 I think right, yeah. but I mean, like it's the called reason, Mule Variations by the way Yeah. and the reason why I picked it was like I fell in love with his early stuff in the 70s you know the Heart of Saturday Night closing time and all that uh, and then like when he went a little bit more experimental in the 80s he kind of lost me I kind of fell out of love with him it was a bit too much for me I wasn't ready for it um I just have a second. Okay, I can understand what you're saying about those early albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful songs like Martha and all these oh, kind of things. And Four Sheets to the Wind in Copenhagen and all these yeah. things, etc. But what I don't get is that if you if you if you go at this one and you're saying you missed out maybe on Swordfish Trombones mm-hmm. or those kind of mm-hmm. things, but should this one is more left of feel than he's ever done. Not at all. I think it's like a beautiful combination <laughs> oh, it of is. the both. Yeah, it's that is so true. it's like no yeah. matter what shade of Tom Waits you want, you will find it in this album. Yeah, and in fact, the next track we play, Hold On, is one of the nicest ballads he's ever written. Yeah. It's yeah. just stunning. Yeah. So, so anyway, tell me, what, what is it about Tom Waits himself then? I don't know. I've always been drawn to him, but I guess like the, the reason why um, I grew up singing ballads and learning trad and that kind of thing. And when I kind of got my hands on Tom Waits, um, or my ears rather, like he kind of was like a rebellious balladeer. He just, he was singing like from the underbelly of American roots and Americana and using all that kind of gospel and all all you could find into his songwriting. But he wasn't using like typical kind of drones from an Ellen Piper, like a little bit of sparse guitar piano. He was kind of, he was going for it. And I didn't think you could do that when I was growing up in a very trad, almost strict scene yeah, of what, yeah. you know, because like before I, I couldn't pick an album, I felt very like conflicted, but Broken Hearted I Will Wander was the other album I was listening to oh, on yeah. constant rotation with Dolores Keane. Yeah. And um, so it was a, a, a toss up between the two today and trying to pick it. But like, yeah, I just felt like he opened up my eyes to what you could do by but, like, but even stories. when you think of the earlier albums like he still was this kind of carnival barker and this railroad mm-hmm. hobo he was always you know singing from the bottle of a whiskey glass with all due respect and yeah. even in fact the live album that he's got or no sorry the best of album there's yeah. one extra track on it and I was at that gig because it was in Dublin no way it was in Dublin yeah it's, the, oh p- the piano has been drinking not yeah. me live and it was from the Olympia <laughs> and you were there that's mad and I think like there is nothing funny about a drunkard and I think he <laughs> had a bit of a you know like a and what's the word epiphany or yeah, like a realisation that like look that's yeah. an epiphany of like yeah. look that's not really working it's yeah a, it's he went for it big time and went said listen much. it's just nonsense yeah, the it's whole nonsense thing. there's nothing romantic or happy about a drunk at there's all it's nothing pathetic. at all yeah, yeah, yeah he did say that but, but he that was the whole thing though it was real like, that but was that's, the got him, that's what the image was what caught the attention for a little bit but yeah. I'm really glad it goes to show like it's really impressive to watch an artist evolve like that and, and yet like he never lost that gravelly voice or like yeah, his yeah. very distinct um, 
way of singing. So, um, yeah, I really like that, that he's well, just I, been on so many journeys. I love the fact that you loved him at the beginning. Lost him a bit in the middle because it was a bit too harsh, but came back to what is continually still kind of harsh. Like, I mean, like that, the track we just played, Big in Japan. Oh, my it, God. It's out there, you know? It's out there. And, yeah. like, I really like the idea of, like, he's throwing kind of everything at it and it's almost a little bit aggressive to the ears. But if you listen to the lyrics, there's so much charm, oh, there's wit. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, and like the tracks in that, like, like House Where Nobody Lives and Picture in a Frame and those oh, ones, which are brilliant stop. too. But you haven't picked those. What you have picked is Hold On. And that's one of the things, like, if this guy is a kind of a division balladeer of heartbreak this is as this good is an it. example there's yeah. uh, a bunch frankly but we'll, we'll, we'll play this one so we're looking at the album with Neve Regan here it's called Mule Variations by Tom Waits from 1999 we played big in Japan this one's called Hold On Baby got hold on and take my there you go, Hold On is what it's called. That's from Tom Waits. Mule Variations is the album and Neve Regan has picked that as one of your favourites, one yeah. you love, one that it's means an awful lot to you. It's one what you I love. love. Yeah. And I didn't realise that actually it's older than I thought the album actually in some ways. Yeah, And as I say, I wonder if he's going to bring out any more. I wonder. Mm. Well, I, I don't I don't care either way. What he's given us so far has been amazing and I still am through it all. So. Is Kathleen involved in his songwriting and all of this? Yes. Yeah, his this, wife, yeah. And she was actually born in Cork. She's Kathleen, Cork, yeah. yeah born in Cork in 1955. I don't think yeah. she stayed too long, but yeah. Um, yeah, she produced this album with him, which right. is also amazing, like as in, you know, there's not many that many female producers out there yeah. and I think she's kind of stuck with them since um, and co-writing <laughs> that, I think that sounds like <laughs> but I don't like, know them personally no, no, that's, that sounds like it's, it's against her will she's no choice <laughs> well, I think they she she was like a script analyst or she worked in movies anyway and they met in they met on that one on the what do you call it one from the heart yeah the, yeah. she was writing scripts and he was acting in that. In fact, was he acting I think well, no, I'll tell you, well he wasn't he might have been acting in that but he does an awful lot of acting oh I know like yeah. Man with the Gun and yeah, I just saw him in something recently and I can't remember what. Oh, I know. Oh, what, pizza, I mean, licorice, licorice pizza. Oh yeah, licorice pizza. Yeah. Where, he, where, where, where Sean Penn is doing the the, the speeding bit. Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah. No. I've seen it, yeah. but I, I don't. I wouldn't talk about it though. I don't know enough about it. Okay, well, no, it's when Sean <laughs> Penn says, well, "I can beat any kind of speed." He's out there. Oh my God! And your woman from Haim or Haim, whatever you call it. Uh, H-A-I-M yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's kind of on the motorbike with him and falls yeah. off, etc. But he's the one who takes everybody out of the pub and says, "Come on, let's have a look at this madness." But you know, he comes up in the weirdest movies. I know his cameos are amazing, but he has a great face. You'd know him. Straight Straight away, ah. just as like his like his voice, his face, yeah. and like an even image aside, he just has a very distinctive kind of. Yeah, and also he's done that stuff with Martin McDonough. Uh, yeah. he's, in, he's in Seven Psychopaths, and I think Amazing he was supposed film. to do some um, big stage play with him as well. But he was, did, did he do the music for that as well? Oh, did like, did he? He? Yeah, I have no sure. idea. Yeah. I just, yeah, it was I can't great. Remember. Don't know. It's been yeah. a while ago since I've seen um, it. Okay, so um, the, the, now the last track I'm going to play from this is um, different. It's a straightforward story, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a very sad story from very recent times, actually. Tell me about it. So, well, I don't know. This is just from Googling. Do you know yeah. what I mean? From I Fell in Love with the Song. And it was actually Phoebe Bridgers did a cover of this on a tribute. Oh, really? Um, and that's kind of what like sparked me to get back into it. Kind of a tribute now. to Tom Waits. Yeah, it was oh, basically it was all okay. female singers as well. Right. But this was the only song that I really, really loved uh, of this cover. But Georgia Lee, basically, it's a really it's a true story. Um, a, a young kid, like twelve or thirteen, went missing um, up North California, and um, there wasn't much press or news or coverage on it. Basically, and she was found dead, and it was just this kind of like we could have done more. Was the sentiment behind this song, and like this is kind of a tribute. Um, this song was written like with her real name of and not it wasn't preaching and pointing fingers. It no, was literally not. just an observation of yeah. like 
God Almighty, like, how did we drop the ball? Yeah, it's, but it's you know, also... But it's not pointing fingers. It, it, was, it does point one slight finger, though, to supposed um, that mythical man in the sky. Like, why the hell bit. did you do something, God? Yeah, but I think as well, it, like, there's a there's with this album specifically people kind of say there's you know there's notes of blasphemy and stuff but it's not like he's actually kind of just asking some questions and kind of leaving it open to people like you know chocolate jesus is one of the most famous ones yeah. on this album yeah. but like it was sacraments was what well um like inspired it the idea of like oh you didn't get to mass well you can take a sacrament which was basically a mint um and there was like there's there's every area in this world to make a book do you know and he uh, was just kind of elaborating on that it doesn't mean that your faith or you do do it in your own way was the yeah. sentiment behind this whole album but there's like just finally just the sound wise all over the album there's all these weird rattling oh, percussion bits and everything else like if you listen in headphones you can just get some all very menacing images of hellhounds and there's one has song on it with a, uh, the kid is an eye head oh the eyeballs yeah <laughs> yeah i think that was just inspired by comics but I'm like, sorry, wait, this is the album with what's he call it on it um, what's he building in there what's he doing in there oh yeah the song yeah. it's so petty it's just like a nosy neighbour but then it has this yeah, ominous really music weird. like this yeah. soundscape of all like so theatrical yeah. and like I remember walking through I think it was like a Zara or somewhere and I had my headphones in when that came on it was the most bizarre experience looking at like yeah. clothes and then no, this last time I saw him was, you didn't see him he was in the big tent in the Phoenix Park I've never seen him a live a massive tent I've he was absolutely brilliant and one of the best things was his raconteur carry on in between songs okay Really funny and really like he's really got it, you know. I don't know when that was, well, 10, 12 years ago, I don't know, maybe more, yeah. All right, well, listen, thanks a million for dropping in, Neve. You're very good. Um, My favourite album is what we're talking about, kind of here. Let's take this track here, which is, um, as you say, it is not necessarily trying to grieve too much. It's not a pointy finger thing, it's just a, 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 you know, a true story. And this is Georgia Lee from Tom Waits. on 2FM.